Hello and welcome to this week's Wolves Fancast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, for an 11th season, wouldn't you believe? And there might be a good, well, someone else who's back for again this season. With me today, we've got Dan. Hello, everyone. We've got Hoops. Back again. And we've got Luke Thompson. Luke, how are you, mate? I'm fine, mate. I'm absolutely fantastic. I've missed you a lot, to be fair. We've missed you too. It's been it's oh. been too it's been too long. I mean, yeah. the, the the pull of Acast. We you know we thought we needed to make a big money signing in the transfer window. We've we've secured a few contracts behind the scenes to keep people on board, but you know we thought we, we'd really splash for cash on getting you back as well for a um, for an Indian summer. Fancast merchandise is going to go through the roof now. Oh <laughs> yeah, it, it it is going yeah. to have to be. Think like Leeds in the early 2000s. That's the state we're currently in. Everyone knows when you play Championship Manager, the first thing you do, player search, free transfers, and this is the one of the summer. (laughs) (laughs) Over 30, influential, flair. This is the guy. 20 for the law. I think he's he's the Taribo West, I would say, of of the, the market I would have been in for. So... So my, think... my my tactic was very similar to Dan's. It'll be free transfers, but I'd go one extra and I'd go international caps, minimum one. Sometimes yeah. you get like a one cap wonder, so you might end up getting Michael Ricketts, but other times you could get Gooty. And, you know, I don't know where Luke falls on the Ricketts to Gooty spectrum in life, but we'll go somewhere. Emil Heskey. <laughs> right, so there's been... I mean, let's be honest, it's not exactly been the um, longest pre-season break we could have had, but we're going to kind of just cover some of the news that's happened in the last week rather than sort of in the last couple of weeks of us being um, off air. So, I mean, there was a point where I think we're all kind of getting a bit twitchy about the lack of signings. We're the only club in the league uh, to have not made a first-team signing. And then it, it was almost a bit out of the blue, but... Wolves have broken their record transfer fee on an 18-year-old. Um, so 35 uh, million, I believe it is, um, on Fabio Silva from Porto. Incredibly highly rated um, over in Portugal. Um, alongside uh, next day, we also signed uh, Fernando Marcel, who's a left-sided defender as well. Um, sort of hopefully give us a bit more... Um, I'm going to say reinforcement um, on the left with Johnny being out and also with um, sort of bulking up the squad. So I, I guess let's start on Fabio Silva. Um, Dan, do you see him sort of being a, I was going to say a starter, considering he's come for um, record fee? The amount of money that we've spent on this kid, he ain't, he ain't come to, to play at Kidderminster Arizona on loan every, every, every other game. Is he's here to... Is the, is the gap that we've been missing. We've been struggling to get a striker to play second fiddle to Jimenez. Catrona didn't want to do it. I would have done it, but Catrona didn't want to do it. And this is the sort of player that you have to get. You have to get a young player. A bit like when we had Vokes behind Ebanks and Uwalumo and Keo. You need that young up-and-comer who's willing to put his graft in and wait his time. And when he gets his chance, this kid will take it. 100%. Hoops, do you see us, I mean, I, I guess, just sort of see us sticking to the 3-4-3 three, three, or do you see it being much more of a two-up-front job or um, with, with Silver and Jimenez? Because, you know, I, 
I think to kind of get that starting number nine role off um, off Jimenez is only going to really happen, I think, if and when he, he leaves. So how, how do you still see it panning out? Yeah, I, I think you would expect Jimenez to, to start the season, absolutely. Um, and I think to Dan's point as well, I think the issue we've probably had is the fact that you know, it's widely known that whoever comes in, he's going to be second fiddle. I guess it's like a Harry Kane scenario at Spurs, you know, whereby you have, you know, your talisman and someone who, who's coming in are effectively going to be a backup um, or have to wait their opportunity. And that's perhaps why we haven't gone for a more experienced player because, you know, it, it's, um, it's perhaps more difficult to get one who we can say, look, you're going to have to bide your time. And obviously he hasn't got time on his side, but... Look, you know, you mentioned, I think, football manager there, and I think that's where he's built some of his reputation. He's kind of been known as um, a young talent. You know, Jeff Shee has talked um, a lot about him in terms of his, his potential and breaking records, I think, um, that uh, Neves previously set. So, but yeah, I, I echo Dan. If he's spending that sort of amount of money, he ain't going to go on loan to grasshoppers like some of the others. He's, he's going to be there and thereabouts. And I think... At times last season, we were struggling when we were looking to make changes from the bench that we didn't have, um, you know, someone like this to um, um, as as, a, as another option. So he's going to be in and around, I would say. But I think we'd all be pretty shocked if he uh, comes in straight away. Luke, what are your sort of initial thoughts on the signing? Do you see him bedding in quite quickly, or do you think it's going to be, uh, I guess, sort of similar to a Dendonka in a way, where it's kind of he's, he's given you know, six months to very much settle? Yeah, I think he's definitely going to be given time to settle. Um, I think we'll, we might only see him a handful of times this season. Probably get something like four or five starts, 12 appearances off the bench. Um, I think it's one of those, definitely for the future. Um, we'll, I think he'll be a big part player for two seasons. Jimenez will be then, what, 31? Yeah. Probably starting to slow down a bit, and then I think Silver will come in and take over. One thing that does stand out to me, though, is <clears throat> I think if we're spending £35 million on an 18-year-old backup, essentially, one for the future, what we're going to spend on a central midfielder that's going to play week in, week out, a centre-half that's going to play week in, week out, I can't... I, I mean, I could be massively wrong here. I probably will be. But <laughs> I'd be very shocked if we started the season with Silver being our record transfer fee. Okay. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that took us all of, oh, how long have we been recording? About seven minutes? <laughs> I, just, I just don't see the logic in an 18-year-old child, not child, an 18-year-old <laughs> youngster being your record transfer fee by, what, nearly 10 million? How much was Jimenez? Twenty-seven million or something. I think it, it, it's it's mad, but it's all subjective, isn't it? It's like you know, players towards the end of their career. You know, Matinho is the famous one, isn't he, for five million and stuff. It's it, it's it's it sounds bonkers. I mean, if you're right, amazing because, like you say, if you, usually as, as Luke's saying, you, your statement big money sign and he's your starter, isn't he? So you know, yeah, I think. Um... Um, I think it's very bold of uh, of the club to do it, as you say, because you say you, you, if you're spending literally, they have never spent this amount of money previously on a player, and for it to essentially just be a project is 
it's a big gamble um, in those regards. And, you know, we, we, we still don't have a replacement for Doherty yet. And, you know, that's, that kind of almost brings on to sort of our next point in terms of the, the wing back uh, situation. But, you know, I, I think that there's, with when when you've got Jimenez, who is still kind of very much in his prime years, you know they've essentially bought to a place in, say, in eighteen months' time, and you know they they've just got to sort of work hard, I guess, behind the scenes to do it. But um, I guess sort of you know in terms of whether we break it again, do we think it will be for a centre midfielder or? Do we think it will be more likely be for a wing back? Let's say you know we've been linked with um, the Porto um, wide players. It um, Tellez. Tellez. Um, you know I don't kind of quite know how much his fees been touted for, but you know if Porto has sold us an eight an unproven eighteen year old for thirty five, what are they going to charge for um, a, a proven top level player? Um, I mean I, T- Tim Nash. Uh, tweeted just before we went on recording that they are they are still actively looking for a wing back, but you know they've almost seemed to have slowed down a bit and they're sort of taking in stock having either Sanderson, Traore, or even Oscar Burr. I, I guess I'll kind of put it to the floor, but would you be comfortable with any either or any of those three um, starting against Sheffield United on uh, on Monday? Can can I can I do a little name drop here now? Of course. Um, I was at my son's football two weeks ago and Dion Sanderson was there watching. Um, so I had a chat with Dion pretty much for the whole length of the match and from what he's saying, he backs himself. So why not? I mean, he, 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 played, not? A good, he played a good amount at Cardiff, didn't he? I mean, it, I don't know chiefly because I've not seen him play enough whether he's a more of a right-sided centre-half than a winger, uh, a wing-back, sorry. Um, but you know he's he clearly he's clearly liked by the club. You know he played in the um, he, he played in pre-season last season. He played playoff level championship football last year. Um, you know the club the club seemed to I guess rate him higher than um, you know nineties wonder boy Oscar Burr. I mean, it's 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 always a difficult one with youngsters, though, isn't it? Because it's like are they ready? Are they not ready? But I mean, look at that young. Um, there's one young right back who I like the look of, that uh, Tariq Lamptey, who went to Brighton yeah. from Chelsea. I mean, he might he might be older than Dion. I'm unsure, but he, he played a handful of games for Chelsea. Um, he's gone to Brighton. I think he's their number one now. So why not? If they're good enough, then sometimes they are old enough. The old cliche, I know, but and as it's well, is it's it it's could, could you look at it as Low risk because you'd like to think Johnny would be back sort of Christmas time. Um, so do you try Dion for the first half of the season? And then, um, I mean, you've always got Traore as an option as well. So yeah, I, I, can see, I think you're right. Sanderson, I think we can definitely Traore sort of see him um, switching it up a bit more. In in terms of, say, one week going Sanderson, one week going Traore, maybe, mm. you know, depending on the opponents. And um, before I, I'll, um, I'll get Hoop's opinion, you know, I, I said it to um, a, a Spurs fan when he asked me about the Doherty signing. And I said, our formation is very good at covering flaws 
in players. So whether it's your fullbacks, you know, Do- Doherty, we, uh, myth or not, you know, we joke about his lack of tracking back and getting caught in behind. Three centre-halves covers floors um, as well. So actually, if you've got someone like Sanderson who's a bit inexperienced at the top level, um, you know, it, it, it's a formation that he's got bodies around him. He's got Neves, he's got Dendonka, he's going to have Bolly there. You know, if he, do, if he does mess up, he's going to have those around him. Um, what are you thinking, Hoops? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the system comes first with, with Nuno. And I think, you know, from what I gather in terms of, you know, how they train, they set up with two teams effectively. And so everybody's used to that system coming in and out. Um, I guess on a wider point with a dock sale, I was quite relaxed about it because I just kind of felt we've probably reached our maximum with him. And I feel like, you know, there's there's potential to get others in who have other gears. Um, in, in terms of if Sanderson's involved just yet, I, I, I suspect another loan and we'll probably go for more of a, an established fullback um, for, for that position. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess sort of the other signing we are borderline set to make, I think it'll most likely be announced after the podcast, which is always joyful for us, is um, again, another, Port, another Porto player in uh, Vitor um, Ferreira. Um, or is it Vitinha? He prefers to be called. I feel like someone's going to pull me up on my translations, but um, a bit more of an attacking midfielder, something I guess we've all been crying out for um, watching Wolves for the last couple of years, especially in that 3 5 2 system. Um, you know, having someone who can, um, you know, break forward from midfield and give an extra option. I mean, f- from the clips I've seen, he, he, he ticks all the boxes. Um, and he also looks like a Portuguese Jack Grealish. That's the player that we've been crying out for. I know Bulls fans. I mean, Bulls fans, you've just, you're just being daft. If you wouldn't take Jack Grealish in, in your midfield, you've just been daft because he's him, him, James Madison. They're the type of player that we've been crying out for. A player who can pick up the ball on the halfway line, skip past one or two, and, and thread a, a through ball in. If you've got two strikers up front, that's the type of midfielder you need behind you. It can it just slot you in, find your wingers, just. Do a bit of skipping past defenders. That's what we need. When we've struggled against teams that have put 10 men behind the ball, your Brightons, your Newcastles, where we've struggled, that's the player that we've been missing. And it, and it gives us another option because there's going to be games where you need that extra energy off the bench as well. So, as I said, it's, it's, it's no brainer for me getting this attacking midfielder. It's what we've been, we've been doing out for. The back five is pretty much set for me. You can... You can have uh, Dion Sanderson or Traore. I think the back five, pretty much, when you've got Willie Bolly in that back five, you, you're covered to a degree because he'll dig you out of most situations. Sais is pretty solid. Den Donker, they can both fill in next to Cody. It's a no-brainer, this attacking midfielder for me. No, exactly. Yeah, and I, I think, sorry, Rich, I think, I think just, to, just, just to add to that, really, I think we just need a little bit of a... I don't know, different type of midfielder. And I guess, you know, if you call it an attacking one, I don't know. But, you know, we need a a driving sort of midfielder and maybe someone a little bit more physical. Um, so I think we're going to get one. I mean, Jordao's gone on a loan, so Gibbs White's on loan as well. So what what are our other options unless we do bring someone in? Yeah, and, and Loon, uh, Loon? 
bloody hell. Looms. Looms. That, that's, another, <laughs> that's, a, that's another thing we could be recording these on. Um, no, uh, 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 you know, it's looking like it's going to be a loan with um, view to buy for, I think, around 18 million. I mean, it's a pretty classic Fosun move, isn't it, Luke? Yeah, I mean, we've seen it, seen it several times over the last two or three years, haven't we? And I think it's a safe... It, it's safe as well, isn't it? It's, but is have we got to buy him at the end of the season, or do you say it's an option to buy? It'll be an obligation where Mendes is involved now, won't it? Yeah, might be on I mean, appearances, it, maybe. It, it or comes and he's fantastic, and we've got another absolutely fantastic player for twenty million, and it looks like a steal. Um, then yeah, and it doesn't bite into this season's transfer kit either, does it? No, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the other sort of signing um, uh, to talk about is Fernando Marcel as well. Um, played in, uh, played for Lyon in the Champions League um, knockout stages. Um, I was going to say only a couple of weeks ago now, um, but can play left-sided centre half or uh, left wing back. I think it's a really, really good signing. He just ticks all those boxes. He's either going to be a definite upgrade on Sace in terms of sort of a like-for-like position, or, you know, and if we get rid of Ryan Bennett, which I think is going to be likely, it, it's a definite sort of step up for me. You know, what is he, 31 as well? Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. it, it's exactly the sort of, um, sort of experienced kind of a player we were, we were looking for, I guess. My only concern with that is at the moment is keeping one of Sace and Dendonka happy. Because I don't think they're going to get the game time that they deserve, really. I think if we get Alex Tellez or we get another wing back who can play left back, you've got Marcel, then Donka and Sais who can all play in that left centre back position. And there was talks of Den Donka going. If someone came in with saying if someone came in with a decent offer for Den Donka, would you let him go? Maybe. No, not 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 for me. But it's like. It's one of those. I mean, is is anybody other than a few players in that team not up for grabs? You know, dependent or conditional on who you who you go to replace? Because you know, a lot of people would have said, you know, why oh, yeah, hell are you signing docs? Selling doc even, but you know, um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, do you think there's been talk about him maybe going back forward? Do you think that might happen this year or? I think. Yeah, I think it's far more likely we'll go three-five-two because if you get another centre half in, you could move Sace up into a midfield. You can play Donk in that midfield, and you know between Matinho, Neves, Vitinha, Donk, Sace, you've got you've got some decent options there. Um, you can have you know Jota place better um, in a front two. You get more options for Silva. Traore has a out-and-out position out wide. Do I think it's his best position personally? No, but he can get regular game times in, in the team. So I, I, I'd be very anxious if we rock up um, on Monday night in a four-four-two. Uh, Luke, judging by your wincing face, I, I feel I you. Well. <laughs> I, I feel you might be on my side. <laughs> yeah, I just I just can't see Nuno now switching to it. I think he's quite set in in the way he wants to play, and I don't think a back four is that way. I think in regards to Dendonka and Sais, if you want to level up as a club, you, players like Sais and Dendonka, they've got to be your squad players. They've got to be the players on the bench. I mean, 
touched on it earlier, look at some games last season and you look at the options we had on the bench and it was pretty much non-existent. But if you've got a bench where you can, you know, you're looking at bringing on Marcel for the last 10 minutes to shore it up. You're looking to bring on Vitina or whatever his name is to try and nick a goal to, to, to win it, add a bit of creativity. You're looking at Silva. It's completely different options than when we've been looking at Catrone. Gibbs White, Max Kilman, it just it just propels you to another level, and I think it's a natural sort of transition for us to be looking at players that have had good solid seasons as options from the bench instead of first team first team players. I just think it's it's just something we're going to have to get used to. You know, I think there'll be a time when um, maybe the season after next, Martini, I was looking like a squad player. Yeah, you know, you you look at that now and you think, oh, no way, he's 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 got to play, progress, and Martinho, he's he only starts eight games, mainly plays in the cup, comes off the bench a handful of times. It's just the way it's going to be, and I personally think that's that's what we'll be looking at players like Den Donker and and Saiz. maybe even Jota as well. There's more chance of Lionel Messi scoring more Premier League goals than Patrick Cotrone than Wolves going to a back four. <laughs> Sorry, if you go to a back four, then then Cody's out this team, yeah. isn't he? And he ain't going to get rid of his captain, his linchpin, mm. his, his number one boy now. Doherty's left. It's, it's, it, ain't, it ain't happening. I'm sorry. No, completely. Yeah, I, I, completely I'm not agree. after it. I was, I was just it's just been muted, hasn't it? Really, because I guess with with the signings, I'm with I'm with you. I think system comes most of the time before selection. You know, so and we've got players suited for that. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Can't wait to go with full season traditional 4 4 2. Can't wait. Can't wait. So, joining us now, we have Lindsay Hooper on the line. Lindsay, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you guys? A, a lot better, as we just said. Uh, now, we've signed a, uh, now we've signed a couple of players. <laughs> yes. It was getting a bit touch and go there for a while and still no news on Nuno's contract, which I keep like, checking on my phone. My hours, you know, they do that update on your, uh, on your screen time. It's yeah. up quite a lot, quite dramatically, because I keep checking too often to see if there's any news on that contract and there's still none. See, I feel like now you've said that, probably Dan, just because he's a bit more technically savvy, is going to sort of probably create a website now, which is, you know, one of those, has Nuno signed a contract yet? Just pop up saying yeah, no. there's, already, there's already 19 followers on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's signing. Worry it, about. We've, we've signed 100, 100 Portuguese kids this week. They ain't come without Nuno at the helm. It's, it's sorted. He's just, I'm just dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Yeah, I mean, that does give you a bit of confidence. I've also called my new fantasy team for the new season Porto FC. So Good stuff. There you go. I was going to say, uh, I guess, Lindsay, that for you, you've probably not really had much of a break in between, um, well, any of the past like few weeks and months with Project Restart and essentially kind of going into the new season. How was it sort of for you, um, sort of covering games? Well, you say about breaks. I had this huge break when lockdown first happened, 13th of March. I think then everyone shut down, didn't they? And there was no football at all for ages. And then when restart happened, you're right, I suddenly got a little bit busier. I, w- I was very privileged. I was one of those few people allowed into football grounds. And it was a really bizarre experience because 
without the fans, it just isn't the same. And you go in and you go through these, all these protocol checks, getting your temperature done a million times, filling in forms, uh, going to a part of the stadium um, that you've never really been in before and not allowed in the parts that you usually go in. Um, it, it was all very strange. And then standing to do interviews, you know, through the social distancing and having masks on and trying to get that, as you'll know, when you do interviews, that eye contact and that body language in order to let someone know that you're, you're on their level and that you're trying to get the best out of them. It's really, really difficult. Um, and, and just the atmosphere in itself, that the first couple of games, um, one of which was at Molyneux actually, um, and just hearing all, all of the, the shouts and the, the cries on the pitch, everything Connor Cody was saying in full, um, it felt like a training game. It really did. And it didn't feel like the levels for the first couple of matches were at the Premier League level that we'd seen when all the crowds were in. And, and then I think everybody adjusted to it and the levels did get better. And we started to start, I, I don't know about you guys, but I started to really enjoy watching it again. I, I mean, it definitely wasn't the same as, as having fans in there, but I think we got invested in, in the narratives of the Premier League and what was going on with the, the top six and seven and relegation um uh, and then it all ground to a halt again and everything was was resolved and we had what feels like no break at all i mean for the players themselves they they must be exhausted coming back into pre-season especially those having international duty as well um and having spoken to willie bolly just a couple of days ago doing a preview for this first match against sheffield united they don't even know whether they've got all the players fully fit at the moment and there's a few days to go. It it feels strange. I was going to say you, you met. I'd seen on uh, on Instagram that you'd interviewed Willie Bolly. Um, how much of your soul did you have to trade to interview him? Because he is notoriously a man who <laughs> is, is not one to particularly like to speak. Uh, who likes to speak to people? Um, how, how was it interview interviewing him? I interviewed him during lockdown as well. And I preferred that interview, actually. During lockdown, he was a lot more relaxed and a lot more open. I think because he had a holiday in the interim, <laughs> it was a more difficult interview because he openly says, doesn't he? He doesn't watch football. He had no idea, apart from being told when he got back to the club that Matt Doherty had left. Um, <laughs> You know, he's he's just completely out the loop, enjoying his sangrias or whatever he's been having on holiday. And um, and yeah, like him to, to remind me of the fact that he's not abreast of, of many issues. So um, it was a tougher interview than usual, but um, he's lovely. And um, and I think once once with anything, I think once you get into the, the throes of the season, he knows what his job is he knows what the project is and he makes that very clear but not being that real football person that's watching football week in week out I suppose from that aspect going into a brand new season it, it was quite difficult <laughs> okay um I, I guess sort of we'll start on, on kind of our next section with is I guess sort of how we think the season's gonna pan out so what we'll kind of do is I was gonna say go around the room um, we'll go around the, the Zoom call, as it were, in terms of just some sort of quick fire questions. Don't worry, we won't refer to, I won't put them all down. I think I did it with Luke before, but our first podcast of the season a few years ago, we all wrote, wrote it down. I kept it in an envelope until and somehow managed to keep hold of it despite moving house um, to refer back to. So, Was that unless, when he predicted? 
did Danny Bart to play for England? <laughs> no, it was it wasn't that time. It was when he said no. um, Dominic Iorfa would play for England before Benikafobi. <laughs> still time. <laughs> which <laughs> which uh, still still could happen. Still could happen. Okay, so um, I'll just do it on my screen because it'll be easier. But probably a little who have I got, Dan? So do you think? Will we better or worse than last season, particularly without Europa League football? Um, after this week, so I did a little bit of a feature for uh, Counter Attack podcast in uh, America, and I, I, did, I predicted us to finish sixth this season. And so, naturally, as I'm pessimistic, now is the time to bet on Wolves to win the league. <laughs> Doubling down, I love it. Uh, Hoops, what about yourself? Oh, I was going to say, I, was, I, I said hoops, and I've realised I've got, I've literally got two hoopses on. Oh. Um, I was going to say, I, I said it, and then I was like, ooh. Um, so it was actually, uh, I'll go for Lindsay. I actually am a bit of a pessimist. I don't know why. Um, I you know were born that... with it. You, it's ingrained in you as a Wolves fan to be pessimist. These, these like Wolves fans are like the happy clappers. They live in a different world. But the thing, yeah, well, because we've been through the, the thick, right? Well, the thin. Thick and thin? Which is the worst <laughs> out of thick and thin? Um, we've been through the bad times, haven't we? We've done the double drop. And these last two years, wow, it's been pinch me times. I just can't help thinking that I'm going to wake up one day. And although I still think we're going to be top half of the table, I don't think we're going to be better than seventh. Um, so we've got 59 points. And I don't think we're going to be that far off that points tally I, I think maybe we'll be about 55 points but I think we'll finish eighth I think with Everton strengthening and when I see some other teams around us that are above us Spurs Chelsea Man United I think there's some other teams that are probably going to do well as well so I'm going to say eighth. Luke what about yourself um I think we're going to finish fifth <gasps> I, I, I hope you're gonna... right we're going to have a really good season. I think people are still underestimating us. People still writing us off. I mean, I did a little prediction the other day. I sent it to, into a WhatsApp group. I mean, I think Man City will win the league. Liverpool second. Chelsea, Man U, and then Wolves. I just think Leicester, we proved last season twice. We should have taken six points from them. Spurs, I, I don't even worry about Spurs no more, to be fair. And Arsenal, all right, finished the season well. Started this season, okay, but again, that's still too weak of a team for me. Um, and I just, I just think we've got our system there; it works, and we'll be fifth. I'm, I'm positive, quietly positive. I but really hope you're right. Can I just say on the podcast I did, I did predict six, six position and a cup win this season. Yeah, I think oh, that is well, oh, I, well within grasp. Yeah, so actually, I do want to add that I have said, and I said it on um, Sirius in the States, a cup final as well. So I've said a cup final and eighth. I, I thought that focusing on a cup run might derail our Premier League slightly. Okay. Well, I didn't realise there was someone out there more pessimistic than me. <laughs> me, definitely. <laughs> Ryan, what about yourself? How are you, um, how are you feeling for the upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of changes every day in terms of signings in and out. But I kind of just think to, to echo Luke, really, the natural progression, you know, OK, same league placing, but more points last year and taking the Europa out of the system. And 
only at this stage dot going who I feel, you know, we'd probably got as much out of as we could. You know, as long as Jimenez, Neves, Bolly, the spine remains and it, with additions, another season, less games, then, yeah, I'd say I'd go fifth as well. Fifth or sixth. But, yeah, I think top five, genuinely, and that's been objective. Uh, you know, that's not being biased. I think he's realistic. Just pouring a bit more petrol on something that Luke said. I don't think we have to fear um, Tottenham anymore. I honestly believe we've sold a dud to them in a back four. I, I don't think we've sold a dud no, to them. I in, in a back, back four, I, no. back I believe four. he will not shine as well as he did for us. And that, that, for that reason, I fancy us to... Well, I'm, I, I'm pretty strong in what I'm saying. that I believe we haven't got to worry about Tottenham. We'll finish with Tottenham. As I, I was going to say, as I said sort of earlier in the show, that we play a formation that covers a lot of players' flaws and weaknesses by having certain players around them. And I think I, I didn't watch the Ireland games, um, but I saw some sort of the, the um, Twitter... Derogatory comments. Yeah. Um, and sort of the wonderful Matt Doherty memes anyway. But, you know, it's like if we're playing 4 4 2, you play Coleman. If you're going three at the back, then play Doherty. And I don't. Unless Mourinho goes for a back three and tries to model how it's going to be for Wolves, I, I don't quite know how well Doty's going to going to do. Um, you know, I, part of me hopes he does okay, but not better than Wolves. Um, you know, I, I guess for myself, I think that we'll most likely end up being seventh again. Just at that, I think it'll be one of those where it'll be good. But it'll get to the end and we'll go, what improvements have we actually made to this team then? Um, I, I think I've followed kind of similar logic to yourself uh, with the people who have gone. I think the, 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 the Man Cities, the Liverpools, Man United and Chelsea's are probably going to fill up the top four. Arsenal will be there or thereabouts. Personally, I think Wolves are better than Leicester. And I think we were really unlucky in both games we played against them last season. Um, to not win either game, to be honest. Um, and then you've got you've got Everton and you've got Spurs, who you know flatter to deceive. And Tottenham um, have got Europa as well. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I think. Yeah, um, but how about teams like Everton and Southampton? I, I think with me personally, I look at Everton. They spend money every season, and and the flop. Ancelotti's going senile. <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think they're a threat. It's the same. It's classic Everton. Classic Everton. They've give Hamid Rodriguez a two-year deal. So obviously it's not it's not a long-term plan for him. It's just another one who's coming in on a big wage. I still don't rate Pickford as a, a top six goalkeeper. And who's their main centre back? Is it still Michael Keane and Yerry Mina? Mina? They're, yeah. they're not top six defenders for me. I'm afraid. Yeah, I think they, they seem to... I mean, it's because it's they've kind of churned through managers, in my opinion, but they don't have a plan. Um, you know, it's why they they still have about four number 10s in the club, and that's including um, um, Hamas Rodriguez now. So, you know, it's like what happens to Sigurdsson. So they're going to end up being awkwardly lopsided, you know, B14th, Ancelotti goes, they bring in, I don't know, a, a Sam Yeah. It's going to be Sam Allardyce, isn't it? And they end up, they'll end up back in ninth. And, you know, the cycle kind of will continue unless, until, you know, they probably get a new stadium and they kind of build a team up from the ground, uh, from the ground up. Um, 
Okay, so here's where we can sort of have wild stab in the dark. So we've kind of all given our sort of an educated guess, to be fair, on sort of where we think we're going to finish in the league with, you know, good reason logic. But this one's going to be harder. So who do you think the Wolves player for season is going to be, Dan? Based on um, absolutely nothing, because we haven't seen any preseason games, we yeah. are just kind of just just going for it. Um, I'm going to go with Jimenez again. I just think he'll be the, the, the our, our talisman. That his goals, his efforts, game after game, is, is what gets in those top six positions. He's he's too much. He's he's the, he's the Harry Kane to what we are, but he's just he's better than Harry Kane for me because. He'll play 38 games a season, whereas Kane, Kane's due an injury at some point. I mean, he's had his August. He hasn't had to start in August this season, where he never scores in August. He's, he's avoided that. But I still think him and Eze outscores him. Luke, what about yourself? Who do you think is going to be um, the Wolves player for the season and get that weird Mystic Egg trophy? Uh, Traore. I think he'll just step it up again. We'll get more minutes out of him this season, hopefully. And... I think people people still doubt him because of how inconsistent he was. But once he'll be back, he'll be on the back of two solid seasons, and people will then be like, "He's he's a special talent." So I want to say Traore. Lindsay, what do you think? I think it'll be Neves. I, I think Neves is due a campaign where not only will he score some spectaculars, but I think he'll have that consistency of performance where we we just can't do without him. And I I know that people realise exactly what he brings alongside Moutinho, but I just think he'll go up a level this season. Right, you've pretty much said my answer verbatim for what I was going to go for, so I'll get pass over to Hoops while I try and reword exactly what you said. So, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll have to echo that, because that was the name as, as soon as you introduced the, the topic, because I think with, with Neves is um, the fact that he kind of, I don't know, he's taken on more of a leadership role, hasn't he, really? You know, he kind of came in and, you know, there was so much talk about his goals and what he added to the game. And he had a little bit of an indifferent time, um, I think, in the first season in the Premier League. But he added that consistency, which I think Liz, Lindsay referenced there. And I think there's just more and more and more to come from him. So I think Luke, Luke has a point with, with Adama and, again, another season settled. But, yeah... I think Neves is the one player for me I just wouldn't want to see leave this club right now because I think we've just started with him. I think there's more to come. Yeah, um, my, mine was going to be Neves for literally the reasons the Hoopers have given. Um, but you, you, you're completely right. And I think, to be honest, since the turn of this year, I think he has been our best player by a country mile um, in terms of how he is controlled games in the middle of the park but also what he brings defensively he seems to have kind of shored up a bit of not that ill discipline but he, you know he went through a stage where he kind of he, he, he can get quite card happy and he seems to have knocked a bit of that out of his game seems to just be constantly maturing and that ceiling seems to kind of just keep going up and up and up for him and you know he, he's delivering the performances now when we bought him in the championship for a, a good amount of money then and people are like well what's he going to do I think he's almost there and I don't feel it's going to, I don't think it's going to stop. Um, so the next one, um, you can almost take this however way you want, but who do you think the surprise standout Wolves player will be? Almost a bit of an unsung hero. So from last season, potentially someone like Patricio, um, I think had a 
quietly really good season and probably and only didn't get the plaudits probably because he was a goalkeeper um, and Adama um, sort of stole the show to be honest. So, um, Luke, do you have not? Who do you think could be a bit of a surprise package for Wolves this season? Uh, Jota, maybe. Maybe he'll finally start finding the back of the net a bit more consistently. Um, I'm a big fan of, of, of Jota. I do think he's very wasteful at times. So maybe the surprise package will be Jota and he'll step it up a level and give Jimenez the goal-scoring support that he's that we've been missing. Yeah, I mean, we've been, we were talking earlier about, you know, we're likely to play a bit more 3-5-2, um, sort of hopefully giving Silver more minutes. Um, it's set up for Jota, isn't it? Um, to have that sort of line in. He scores more goals when he plays in that formation. So um, I think there's sort of definite opportunities. Uh, Ryan, who, who do you think might be a, um, might be sort of, a, I guess, step it up a bit this season? Um, just very quickly from me, I'd say Dendonka. I think, you know, the, the, I, I thought he had a good, consistent end to the season and being a little bit versatile, you know, we may see him more even perhaps a centre-half this year. So Dendonka, uh, Lindsay, what about yourself? Well, coming back to Jota, I'm going to throw it the other way, I think. And um, because his form can be quite patchy, I think that throws up an opportunity for whoever comes in. And I think we've seen before that Neto has really shone when he's been given that opportunity. But I'm, I think I'm going to pin it on Pedence. I think yeah. if Jota has, has a period where he has that, patchy form and Nuno turns to Pedence. I think Pedence might snatch it, you know, and I think he'll give him every reason to say, you know what, why take me out of the team now? And if that carries on for a run, I think that Jot is the sort of player that does get affected if he doesn't get that time back in the team again. So it could be a season, if that happens round about January or even before Christmas, Pedence could be the player that we're talking about by the end of the season. Definitely. Dan, what about yourself? I was going to go for a little damn myself, to be honest. He's, when he started those games after lockdown, it's still, I'm still seeing that he was never brought on at Sheffield United away. It just, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing how we didn't bring an attacking player on in that game. Neto or Pudence could easily be the standout ones. It's just who gets the more game time out of the two. And then Vitinha's looking close. I think the way Porto fans are raving on about him, if this is a sign that happens... He's got to be one of the surprise packages for me. But I'm going, I'm going to go with Pedence with Lindsay. I completely agree on that one. I think for me, I'll kind of go a little bit different. I'm going to go for Marcel. Um, because I really like Sace. I love what he brings. I love the aggression that he plays with. Um, but I can sort of see Marcel playing a bit more than him in that back three. I think he gives you that. Dare I say that shithousery that you know you kind of love to see and like only like very minimal amount of players in your team, but I can't I kind of just get the thing he's got all the potential to be a bit of a fan's favourite for a year or so, and you know I think he he might be someone who just sort of quietly gives us that extra bit of um, extra bit of intensity on the pitch. Um, so so the last two we've got um, sort of. Uh, round it up is who do we think are going to be Premier League champions um, apart from we of course know Dan said Wolves but uh, Dan who do you think it uh, will actually be I, I don't see why people think Man City I'm just going to turn up and just rock this run this league away I don't yeah 
there will obviously they'll be a lot closer to Liverpool than last season, but I'm I'm sort of I've been saying this in, in quite a lot of WhatsApp groups recently. I think Pep is a fraud. <laughs> you might, you might, I, I know it, it's shocking because of the, the managerial honours that he's got, but the amount of money that he spent at Man City and Bayern and not won a Champions League is. It's, I, I, I don't want to swear. Rhymes <laughs> with Brad Pitt. Um, if, if, he, if he hasn't got Kevin De Bruyne on fire all season, it's, it's Liverpool's for me all day. Uh, Luke? Um, I mean, I, I think Man City will win it personally. I don't like Pep. Like Dan said, I think he's a massive fraud. Um, <laughs> but I can see them having a good season. But then Chelsea as well. I like, I like the business that Chelsea have done in the window. I do like the business they've done. I think they're a centre-half away from being up there, being scary again. Remember when we used to fear Chelsea back in the day? Hmm. Like you're going to Stamford Bridge, you're like, oh, as long as we can keep it under three, it's yeah. be a good result. You don't get that no more, but maybe they can bring it back with some of the signings. They still well. need a keeper. They, they need a keeper. But with Kepa, he's still only a baby, isn't he? How old is he now? About 20. Kepa is the equivalent of Bravo at City. He's pretty much a hologram. They've just they've signed they've gone to sign a keeper, aren't they? From Rens. Rens. Ren. Yeah. He could be decent. You don't know, do you? Thiago Silva might get found out at this level and the pace of the Premier League. You, you don't know. That defensively they're still weak. They have made some really good signings attacking wise, Kai Havertz, Timo Werner. But defensively I, I still don't think they're a title race team. Yeah. They could also have some discontent with all of those attacking options you've got to keep all of those players happy as well um i think that could be quite a juggling act for frank lampard i am excited by seeing seeing them but i don't know whether they're going to break into the top two just yet i was gonna say Lindsay. um i I didn't think i'd ask a professional um journalist and broadcaster but are you in the fraudiola camp or um, (laughs) (laughs) or i was gonna say uh, who do you think are going to be champions I think it's going to be really close. Um, I think Liverpool might just edge it without Messi going to Man City. (laughs) Um, I I honestly think that David Silva not being at Manchester City is going to be a huge miss. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, for me, was the player of last season. And I I think he'll pick up where he left off and he he is going to take them so far. Um, Raheem Sterling, if he scores quite a lot of goals again, but I felt like he faded off a little bit towards the end of last season, but easily one of the best players in the league as well, Mane. Um, and I, I just think that Liverpool maybe will edge it, but I don't think the gap will be nearly as big as it was last season. And I did do an interview with Liverpool, um, for their website and I said that they would win the title. So I better be consistent. Uh, Ryan, what about yourself? I would probably say Liverpool. I think City, you know, um, probably aren't quite there in terms of making the changes that they they need to make. You know, as as Lindsay referenced, Silva was iconic and, you know, um, they're pretty going to start like for like. There's not going to be much change, but obviously they'll perhaps have a little bit of retribution on the cards and make it more difficult than um, than they did for Liverpool last year. But yeah, I would still reckon Liverpool will, will retain. 
yeah, I think I, I think I'm verging towards sort of Liverpool, um, which kind of doesn't really do much for me. But again, I I, I don't think just having Nathan Ake is quite good enough in terms of you know the the Man City side of things, and I think Silver not even just on sort of on the pitch, but off the pitch, you know, he, he has been there for 10 years. It's a bit of a leadership void and they hadn't replaced a company really in terms of that um, leader on the pitch as well. Um, part of me would really like it to be Chelsea um, and it just to be a, you know, they score hundred plus goals, but I think there's that question, you know, they've kind of done the old, you know, build from the front rather than build from the back. Um, and I can just sort of see Liverpool just being that bit more consistent. I think it'll be a hell of a lot closer. Um, and I think if we're having this conversation in 12 months' time, um, you know, I think I think all, probably all our answers would probably change at that point. Um, I, I, the last one we've got um, is relegate um, three teams who we think are going to get relegated. I guess should we all just kind of just to speed things up, just do two teams because we're probably going to say West Brom anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's not that's not bias though. That's, I was going to say, it's, no. it's, 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 it's got them finishing yeah. above Villa. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I didn't even mention Villa. Right, who else was going to get relegated apart from the Villa and the Albion? Uh, no, but um, uh, Ryan, what, what do you think in terms of uh, relegation? Do you think it's going to sort of just be a simple case of uh, three teams who came up in terms of? Um, I was going to say I completely pause there, but Leeds, no. uh, West Brom, Fulham, or do you think it's yeah. going to be a couple of the for dredges at the bottom of the league. I I think um, I think West Brom um, and I think Fulham and I would say Brighton as well. Uh, Luke, I'm just gonna the same three as hoops: Brighton, Fulham, West Brom. Uh, Dan, West Ham. I think their time has come. They've got so much. Troubles going on at that club, wasting money. Can't they're struggling to bring players in. So West Brom, West Ham, and Fulham. I don't, I don't know why people think Fulham are a guaranteed uh, team to get dropped, but they just don't seem to have that bit of quality to do that. I mean, I'd like Fulham to stay up. I think they're a nice club. Cavalero's coming back to the Prem where he deserves to be for me. But yeah, those are my three, Richard. Uh, Lindsay. West Brom, Villa and Fulham. Okay. I think mine are pretty much the same. I had West Brom, I had West Brom and Fulham as sort of my sort of two set. And I think it could almost be sort of around six of the teams almost, you know, for, for once from last season. It's interesting how none of us have sort of said Leeds. Um, you know, I think it's kind of quite cool that, you know, we're all kind of almost buying into the um, the Bielsa hype on that one. But I'm kind of, I reckon they'll be fine this season and then kind of get, crash down to earth next season but um after the break we're going to do dan's quiz and we're also going to have a quick chat about the sheffield united game as well so we'll be back after this hi richard here before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest wolves news some really shoehorn simpsons references a bit of 90s film action of course a bit of wrestling um i just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors pixel yeti media now they've done a fantastic job on the wolves fancast website Wolfsang.com, please go check it out. But they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites, brochures, and signage to marketing, logo design, and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing wise, so make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. 
com and i'll let you get back to enjoying the show so welcome back um so now we have the first dan's quiz of the new season i'm a bit scared to be honest because you know i did quite well in the project restart once i was on when we were doing sort of the word mash game um but now we're back to a bit more of the uh, the regular side of it so um i guess i'll kind of pass this over to dan um, he's cleaning his glasses. It's getting all serious. Oh, he's cleaning his glasses. Serious. He's got this his wine. I'm, I'm allowed on the podcast. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm the only one that could be bothered to do the questions. <laughs> it's the detail. It's, it, it's, yeah. it's, so, I, I like how none of us are denying it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's literally, there's eight questions. Lindsay, because you're the guest, do you want questions one, three, two, four, five, seven, or six and eight? <laughs> the easy ones. Okay, you can have one and three, um, and then everyone else, you can just follow that lead. So, how, how does this quiz work? So, there's, there's eight questions. You'll get two questions each. Yeah. And then whoever gets the most after that wins. I've got a tiebreaker if, if required. So, a maximum number of points is two? Yes. Okay. And then a tiebreaker if needed. So, the first four questions are more based around Wolves' opening day fixtures of the last 20 years. 20 years. Oh my yes. God, come on. Uh, yeah, you, okay. I know you was only like two 20 years ago, Lindsay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready? So, Lindsay, question one. In the year 2000, Wolves started off their league campaign with a one all draw versus Sheffield Wednesday. Timuri Ketspire scored that day, but who was his strike partner? Um... I hope you're not Googling. I'm not Googling. Look, my hands are in the air. Um, my mind's gone blank. I'm trying to think. This game does things to you. Just all of a sudden you forget. My, like... my mind's gone blank and I know what. So did you say 2000? Yes, the year 2000. Which was a, being when I was at university. So I don't know. Like, I can't remember. Robbie yeah. Keane? Okay. That's uh, incorrect. Does it open up to the floor? Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll go open to the floor, but you don't get the point if you get it wrong. Oh, oh no, I do. Was it Kevin Doyle? In 2000? No. Doyle <laughs> 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 really, would have been about 12. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That, see, he, he crops up a lot in these quizzes, I always think, with David Connolly. No. Do you want to have a go, Hoops? Ryan Hoops? Yeah, your name. No. Was the it Russo? was Michael Branch. Branch. Oh. No, I'd never have got Michael Branch. Okay. So, Rich, I'm coming to you for question two. Wolves started off the 2003-04 season with a 5-1 drubbing away to Blackburn. Who started up front that day with goal scorer Stephen Everson? Oh, I was going to say, I, I'd always prepared several... When, when you said that game, I am just stalling for time. I'm more than aware i prepared like a series of different answers ranging from brett emerton to matt murray um but in terms of who just played up front would he have started no come on rich i was gonna say sorry i'll go nathan blake that's incorrect does anyone else want to have a guess i think i might know this was it stefan meyerhofer no, that was a different year of hoops. Oh, okay. Was it... Was it Miller? Was it Adam Proudlock? No. Lindsay, do you want to 
steel with no points. What year? <laughs> what year is it again? Two thousand and three, I thought. So our first Premier League season. Stefan Everson scored. Who was his strike partner that day? It wasn't. Ah, um, oh, it wasn't the. Oh, his name's gone out of my head. Scottish. No, Miller. No, it wasn't. Not Ken Miller, Miller. Fletcher. I meant Fletcher. No, it wasn't Stephen Fletcher. It was Dean <coughs> Sturridge. Um. Cracking Wars podcast here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of knowledge. Um, Ryan Hoops. Um, after relegation in that season, Wolves started back in the championship with an away trip to Stoke City. Who scored our goal that day in a 2-1 defeat? <laughs> is this just open to the floor? Uh, it's it's on me at the moment. Um, <laughs> but it will be open to the floor. <laughs> um, I'm going to, a name we had earlier, Kevin Doyle. Uh, does anyone have, want to have a go? Colin this Cameron. Is your years are all out, guys. I know, I know. Colin Cameron. Uh, no, Ryan. I've uh, already had one. Um, oh, Jodie Craddock. Okay, Lindsay. Um... So this is the 0405 season. 0405. I'm gonna go Kenny Miller. We finally got a correct answer, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well done, guys. You you really, really doing yourself justice tonight. Is that right? No, this is Lindsay again, isn't it? Oh, it's Luke not had one. Yeah. Oh, is it Luke, is it? Yeah, okay. August 2009. Wolves started their Premier League campaign with a 2-0 defeat to West Ham. What former Wolves player replaced former Wolves player Carlton Cole that day? Oh, what? you've done one of these before. What about, former about Wolves West Ham? player? You heard. What former <laughs> Wolves player replaced <laughs> former Wolves player Carlton Cole that day? Was Carlton Cole playing for West Ham then? I think I know the answer. Yes, that he was, uh, Luke. I think I know the answer. But I don't know what players we've had that have played for us on West Ham. There ain't many. I know the answer. Can I say? Oh. Yeah, Please. I'll... I'll Quick, let guess. me. I'm not going to know many. <laughs> I'm going to let Lindsay go 2-0 in front of you, guys, just because uh, you like me embarrassing me tonight. Matt Come Jarvis. On, no. No, guess Luke. No. Lindsay? Oh, I can't even... Then be... Matt Jarvis. No, no, I'm taking a point off you for, for jumping in as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not really. Oh, mate, you know what? I can't even think. Okay, so... Um, Lindsay's gone for Matt Jarvis, which is incorrect. Oh. Um, Ryan Hoops, do you want to have a guess? No. No, he doesn't want to have a guess. <laughs> I can't Rich, do you want to have a guess? It's going to really bug me because I'm sure you've done a question like this before and I can't think of any West Ham players. He is an elite striker in the English Football League. When I say elite, I'm saying that sarcastically. <laughs> well, that would apply to Matt Jarvis. Oh, um, what's his name? Uh, Clack. Um... Is it Frank Newbell? Frank Newbley. No way. <laughs> Only because I that. saw him do you a, I, I saw him tweet you, you were tweeting earlier. Clack every week. He scored the other day. 
for Plymouth against uh, QPR. Soldier is elite. Elite. You don't get any points for that, Luke. The next four questions. The next four questions are the fancast answer smash, which is if you don't know, I'm sure you know, Lou, because you've been listening while you've been away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based on Richard's house of cards. So there's two answers which you, you smash together from the question. So the question would be Wolves' all time top goal scorer and a demolition vehicle. So the correct answer would be Steve Bulldozer. Right, okay. Hey, Did you get it? You okay with that? Yeah, I'm good at stuff like this, but crap. Yeah. Well, I'll have a go. I'll gather, so. Um, <laughs> Lindsay, you're first. Former Sheffield United and Wolves player who could be married to Deadpool. They are sort of general knowledge as well. They have to mix them up a little bit. Does that make any sense whatsoever? Roger Johnson. <laughs> this is not a video format. My face would say it all. Roger say Johnson. it again. Say it again from the beginning. Or, or, or am I doing a Stephen Fletcher here and I've got it wrong? You're just way off the mark, I think. Oh. Former Sheffield United and Wolves player. Yeah. Who was who is married? Oh, Sheffield United. I thought you said Sheffield Wednesday for some reason. Yeah, sorry. For, yeah, so, yeah, we've got Sheffield United next, so it's a sort of... Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. Former Sheffield United and Wolves player who is married to Deadpool. Ah. I don't know yeah. how to do it. Ryan. Yeah, just, I'll, I'll, if you're sort of in the <laughs> area, I'll give it, yeah. <laughs> Ryan Ben Bennett Groom. No. <laughs> the correct answer is Nathan Blake Lively. Oh. Okay. Oh. Oh, Aren't you clever? I, am I was going to say clever. when you said married to Deadpool, I was like, I was just thinking Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds but of course it's his wife. Uh, yeah, I, and so like, Blake I know you. I know you don't really care for sort of comic slash movies enough to kind of give a really sort of nerdy answer on it. We'll wait until you hear the next question because I was going to say it, it's my turn, <laughs> isn't it? Great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Current Sheffield United player and former Wolves player mixed with a famous novel by Daniel Defoe. Playing at the moment? Yeah. Oh, who plays for Sheffield United at the moment? Many think of a Daniel Defoe novel. I mean, that, that, that's clearly the, the knowledge I'll have. Um, Daniel Defoe? An author. Never heard of him. Um, I think I know who the footballer's going to be, though. We'll come to you in a second when Rich guesses wrong. I, I, I can't think of any... No, Stearman doesn't play for them anymore, does he? No. No? Yeah, I can't I think, think of some, like, quiz background music for these, like... Yeah, I was going to say, this is not... A, I'm going to edit out the spaces on this, I think. Um, no, I'm going to have to pass, Dan. Anyone want to have a guess? I'll get the player. Leon um, Clark. 
Leon Clark doesn't play for Sheffield United anymore, so that's just wrong. <laughs> I googled it in the pub the other day. He's, he's been he's not googled it right now. <laughs> when did he get released? Last week. I said, once a blade, always a blade on Twitter, and he left. I'm telling you, I'm going to get this up on Wikipedia okay, now. So you, could, you can do that, and then we'll cut you talking, and then we'll get back to the quiz. The correct answer is Jack Robinson Crusoe. Yeah. All the yeah. Out there. What does that say? <laughs> yeah, but go onto Sheffield United's Twitter page and you'll see that they thanked him for his time because he'd been released. When? Last week. Luke, it doesn't oh, matter next. anyway because Robinson Crusoe has a better ring to it than Clark Crusoe. Exactly. I know, yeah. I was Just still wrong. About it. I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm wrong. Is this... Um, I think it's Ryan. Ryan's goal, yeah. So, former Wolves and Sheffield United player who is the drummer of the Motley Crew. <laughs> Rich is laughing. I think he's got it. <laughs> no, because I have no idea. These were easier over a restart. Okay. Um, I'm thinking of Wolves and Sheffield and the one player that comes to mind is Kevin McDonald. Mot- Motley Crew. I don't know the drummer. Um, um, the lead singer was it Tommy? Um, like that makes it any different. Okay, Ke- Kevin Mac. I think of an Amer- if I was an American drummer, what would my surname be? Maybe his name's Donald something. Ah. Mm. Kevin MacDonald Broom. <laughs> the correct answer was Tommy Lee Evans. You've just... Come on, girl. I hate you, I do. Just do your research, know your football. I'm of Motley Crue. <laughs> so, Motley Crue, probably one of the most famous bands in American music industry. They've got a TV show. Yeah, if you like that. Lad, you just keep music. watching wrestling and Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Last question. And basically, if this is wrong, then I believe Lindsay wins with a point. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> And That's got to be a record, Luke. right? If I win with one point. Luke, former Wolves and Sheffield United player who may be known for his Millennium Prayer. Cliff Richard Stearman. He's got it. He's only gone and got it. <laughs> everyone, everyone loves the quiz when they get the questions right, but when yeah. they get it wrong, all the yeah, quizzes That's why you play the big boys getting me back on here. <laughs> right. right. So we go to a tiebreaker. Oh, gosh. It isn't one of these, is it? It's the nearest number. Nearest number. Oh, good. Okay. In 2003, Wolves beat Sheffield United 3 in the playoff final. What was the attendance? Oh, I'll come to um, Luke first. Seventy thousand three hundred and fifty-four. Seventy thousand three hundred and fifty-four. Lindsay, please don't say like one or. 
Why not? One or higher, just to be awkward. <laughs> Why can't I though? That's the whole thing. That's. <laughs> I... Luke, I'm sorry. Seventy thousand three hundred fifty-three. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> He's only going to win it. <laughs> the correct answer was sixty-nine thousand four hundred seventy-three. <laughs> I tell you what, that is a pretty good guess what were you about a couple of hundred off uh 500 uh, about 800 off yeah unlucky luke thanks for playing (laughs) unlucky luke (laughs) been shafted and that's the quiz (laughs) a a Mourinho level performance from uh from lindsay there i think (laughs) (laughs) just like get you've might you've managed to get a couple of points from everyone else slipping up (laughs) they all count True. Unbelievable. Thank you so very much for uh, taking part in an incredibly difficult quiz, apparently. Um, it was really difficult. I hate those word smash things. It just, you've either got it or you haven't with those. I don't want to do the simple questions like, who wore number nine for Wolves in the 90s? Because it's just, <laughs> every, other, every other Wolves podcast could do that. So you're more than welcome to pop on any any time. We're kind of, I think, how many pods did we do last season? 85. You don't have to come on all 85, but... Um, <laughs> I'll come on particularly after brilliant results. That, that's perfect. <laughs> I, I, we will bear that in mind. Any, any good performances or things like that, then uh, we'll be sure to drop your line to get your thoughts. Brilliant. Okay. And I, I'm going to hold Luke to the fifth. Honestly, we'll be there. We'll be there. Okay. All right. I hope so. I'm going to cross everything for that. Um, so I'll speak to you on a very smiley end of the season note as well. Welcome back. Um, just going to wrap up today's pod by covering the game um, coming up on Monday. So Wolves kick off their season um, against Sheffield United at 6pm on Monday. Um, Sheffield United recap performed beyond expectations last season. Um, you know, playing a kind of similar style to Wolves with a back three and with um, sort of a lot of movement on and off the ball. Um, I guess sort of how do we think Sheffield United are going to do this season? Um, and also, how do we think Wolves are actually going to line up this season? So, uh, Luke, what are your sort of initial thoughts on Sheffield United uh, going into a new campaign? Um, never really been a big fan of Sheffield United. I think this season, I think they'll finish about 14th. Um, I still, I don't know, they're just one of them annoying teams, aren't they? And they just kept doing... Just kept winning and picking up a point here, picking up a 93rd minute winner here, all just, just annoying, like a little Jack Russell just nipping at your ankles. Um, so I've, but I've, you know, but fair play to him, fair play to him. They had a good goal last season, can't see him doing the same. I can see him finishing about 13th, 14th, and it's, it's the sort of game that we need to win if we want to make ourselves serious next season and we want other teams to take us serious, we need to go on Sheffield United winning 2-0, three points, back home on the bus to Wolvo, happy days. But it's, it's Wolves, isn't it? And do we ever really start that well in a season? Dan, what, what do you think of, um, of our opponents on Monday? Similar sort of lines to Luke. I think they will suffer from second season syndrome. I think they'll struggle not having Dean Henderson in, in goal from this season. Big loss. And the players that they've brought in so far don't really 
excite me enough to make me think they're going to do any better. So, yeah, yeah, maybe 12, 13, 14, like Luke mentioned. Um, if we're going to be doing anything, good result on, on Monday and crack on from there because we've got Man City after that. So we need the points. Hoops, uh, what do you think the lineup is likely to be? Back four. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, do you know what? It's like anyone's guessing it really because, you know, time of recording, this really could change. But, um, yeah, uh, God, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think with Sheffield United as well, it's one of those whereby I think we would have kind of get, they're going to get all these sort of, you know, oh, can they repeat sort of last season, you know, like we got, you know, which is probably quite annoying and a bit patronising to them. However, I do think a big part of their success last year was at the home crowd and, you know, with that not being a, a part of it, you know, um, I think they might struggle. So I think they probably will be a bit mid-table. But to, to answer your question there, Rich, um, I don't think there'll be big surprises, but it's a, it's a difficult one to pick. He'll probably go with his, his strongest side from last season. Um, other than, obviously, Doc won't, won't be in the side. Um, but no, I, I don't know. I don't know what do you think. I can't call it the first team because it's just, it's just a difficult one in at the moment. But I don't think there's going to be any huge shocks. I think, as we talked about earlier on in the pod, you know, you're going to expect Jimenez to start. You're going to expect Neves, Matinho. You know, the spine is pretty much going to be the same. It's just the full backs, I guess, really, is perhaps where they may differ from the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, completely agree in terms of if that that's a question mark and it's you know if we go Traore do you go for an extra man in the middle or do you kind of go organs blazing and go Podence and Jota either side of Jimenez I think um, how do you think we're likely to line up Luke? Um, I mean just thinking off the top of my head I could, I'd love to see us go Traore right wing back um, Jimenez through the middle Jota on the right Neto on the left I mean, I know we haven't really seen much of Jota on the right, but if you're going to start him alongside Neto and Jimenez, I think he's probably the best bet to go out on that side. Um, and, and, and just try and look like we've got a bit of attacking flair with us. I mean, inside us. Um, I think sometimes we, we, we can look a bit negative, but we've, we've got a lot of defensive players on the pitch at the same time. Um so, for me, I think it would be quite exciting to, to see that sort of lineup. What Nuno picks, I don't know. I don't know. Like, like Hoop said, it's, it's kind of hard to even, even guess with, with the new faces that we've seen. But I think it'll, it's going to be very similar to the team that ended the season, I think. I think the new signings, Nuno, will want to give them a couple of weeks to get settled and on the training field before we can see them in the, in the first eleven. Definitely. Dan, are you sort of uh, kind of in agreement with that? I think it'll be the standard sort of formation, but going back to what we said earlier in the episode, I want to see someone like Deion Sanderson at wing-back. Uh, let's just see, you know, sink or swim. Let's just see how he does. Um, I don't really... I don't want a Dharma wing-back. I just... It's, he's a liability at wing-back. I know he's probably better running at people from deep, but I just want a bit more structure of players... Who played there last season uh, when he was on loan at Cardiff? And let's just see if he sinks or swims. And then you've got the likes of Neto, Poudens, Vitinho, if he does sign him, all chomping at the bit to start in that game. And then hopefully it gives Jota a kick up the bum to 
to get Makim kick on because he needs it. Otherwise, he might be looking to be one we cash in on soon. Um, score predictions, gents. Um, do, 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 I'll go back to hoops. I'm confident. Um, you know, first games of the seasons are all, always weird, aren't they? But um, yeah, no, I'm confident. I think um, two nil, two nil Wolves. Uh, Dan, I don't know where I'm getting this optimism from. I'm saying three one Wolves. Go on, lad. Luke, uh, I want to say two one, two one Wolves. Sorry, two one. I'm, I'm going to go two nil myself. So. Um, before we finish up for the day, um, we'll just quickly pop over to Twitter Corner. So big thanks to everyone who sent in your uh, football or in some cases non-footballing questions. Um, we'll try and get through just a couple of them quickly. Uh, so Dean Marston, um, do any of you follow NFL? Uh, if so, uh, what teams are you backing for Super Bowl glory? Am I right in thinking I'm the only NFL fan, American football fan in here? Yeah, I'll just say whoever Odell David Beckham plays for. I'm I'm just gonna say um, Miami Dolphins. That'll be a. I was no, gonna say. Name a team, Luke. Quick. Uh, Atlanta Falcons. All all reasonable guesses. Well, they're not, are they, Rich? Well, Miami Dolphins definitely definitely wouldn't be them. Atlanta potentially is an outside. Um, you know, you never <laughs> really know. Um, I reckon it's going to be Kansas City Chiefs again. Mahomes, Mahomes can sort of, re- I think, will just step up again, especially with his half a billion pound contract he's now got. Um, right, do 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 do. Okay, so um, this one's actually rumor has, uh, from football uh, near fights. Uh, rumor has it Luke is making a comeback. You're damn right. Uh, two years ago, you had you had me come on my part. You. Two years ago, you hadn't that come on my part. That could have sounded pretty bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that. I might have read it. Two years ago, you, you had him come on my uh, pod and he was um, critical in convincing me to support Wolves. Who is the next best fancastian at convincing someone to support Wolves? And the other side is, who would be worse? I think I'd be the worst. The best fancast. Just because of naturally I guess negative who, I am. Who'd be the biggest Wolves a uh, hype man. Yeah, Stu. Stu. Yeah, I was going to say Stu. <laughs> because because Bryce is quite wall openly positive. You, you don't want to be touch, You don't want to be tarnished with Stu's brush. <laughs> <laughs> He'll have you wearing like all gold jeans and <laughs> Stu, Stu for commercial reasons for merchandise. <laughs> Adam Price for motivation. Fair enough. Um, I could see Stu sort of appealing to the American market. <laughs> <as well>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say, I think Stu would somehow be the best and the worst at the same time. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, Gav Spencer, greetings from Mexico. Oh. Hola, Gala. Gareth Spencer. Sorry, no, it's not Spencer. I'm yeah, on holiday. <laughs> Just, I mean, he's got no photo either, but um, will, will a third kit be issued to mask the abomination of the second kit? 
This must is be strong. I'm, I'm Ironically, the Mexican kick was uh, never. You need dry checking. So uh, I get. I guess like I'm just going to turn Gav's question. What colour do we reckon the third kit might be? Black. Yeah. Red, gr- green, and yellow, like the Portugal kit. Oh, can you imagine a few minutes basically just a Portugal kit? That would that would be amazing. Look how many people that would piss off. You'd be. And, do you know what? I'd even wait for home matches. Chef, I don't know. Chelsea at home. Yeah, let's put the Portugal strip on. <laughs> and play. I mean, you personally down real. the mall. You're not the actual team. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck. Imagine the f- people would hate it. And we'd, you know, we'd have like nine Portuguese lads starting for us as well, or something daft like that. Really wind people up. I'm all for that. I'd even have us singing the Portuguese national anthem before games. <laughs> Do you know how we've got all the flags at the top? Like, maybe just get rid of all of them and just have the one Portugal flag. Yeah. Definitely. And I'd even change Wolfie into the fucking Nando's co- co- <laughs> Nando's bird. 100%. Fucking. Um, oh, maybe, maybe let's get, get rid of Mikey Burrows and have a Portuguese <laughs> announced team. You know? Yeah. Imagine watching the highlights and all you can hear is Go! Go, 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 go! Don't get me wrong, Michael Burrows, great commentator, but you know that Latin, that Latin flair, that their commentator. He's missing it. Different levels. We need more motorbike noises like that one for Traore. <laughs> Maybe a statue of Luis Figo outside the ground or just other <laughs> influential Portuguese people. <laughs> yeah, if, if we're going to do it, just do it properly, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. All in. All out Portuguese. Right, last question we'll do of today is from Ed Gooch. Uh, which Simpsons character um, would improve the current squad, either technically or for morale? Nelson. <laughs> the morale. Well, just a bit of what a bit of shit houseery just yeah. a bit of wasn't it um senor ding dong <laughs> yeah. wasn't there senor ding dong in simpsons yeah there's a I'm home of him yeah what about troy mcclaw for pre-match team talks because if he ain't gonna get you hyped up you know what i mean he sold a fucking monorail to a city <laughs> Imagine sure what he could get. You might Cole. remember he me from such uh, Wolves them. games as. Uh, <laughs> Hoops, you got anyone in mind? Do, do you know my my favourite, and I think he's underrated in The Simpsons, is Carl. I was going to say Lenny or Carl. Yeah, I think, like, I just... You need to have both in, I think. They come as a pair, like Mick yeah. and TC. Like, yeah, I just, I, look, let's get Lenny and Carl because they just seem chilled. They're no bother. They, you know, they, they'll put a shift in, you know, at the power plant or, or wherever, you know, and they're just... They, no they, de- they definitely have to play in, like, centre midfield together, wouldn't they? Or up front together. They, they, mm. you, could, you can have, like, one in centre back and one up front, could you? Um, no. What about groundskeeper Willie? Just somebody completely off his head. <laughs> At centre half, just snapping people. Just going running every minute. <laughs> just no tactical awareness, nothing. <laughs> We've seen enough players like that down Mullen, you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or just or side show, was it side show Bobby was like the killer? 
Yeah. Yeah. Nobody would want to mark him at corners or just get he near him. for Arsenal, I don't in defence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that just about wraps up today's episode. So big thanks to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Uh, if you've got any website branding needs, go check them out over at pixelyetimedia.com. Make sure you're following us on all our social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Give us a follow and we'll try and post some funny content. Um, enjoy the game on Monday. Um, but until then, it's goodbye from Ryan. Right, just a very quick one. First of all, if you've managed to get to the end of this, well done. But just very quickly, stories from the pack. Uh, season two is coming soon. So if you want to get involved, uh, get in touch. Uh, but it's bye from me. It's goodbye from Dan. Goodbye, everyone. And it's goodbye from Luke. See you later. See you next time, guys. <laughs>